Hey, hello there. Let me turn this music down. How are you today? Happy Memorial Day Sunday weekend. It's uh, one of those holidays that uh, this is Jim the Keys bartender. I forgot to say from coming from uh, Florida Keys. Memorial Day weekend. So it's one of the first summer holidays where people in restaurants sometimes misconstrue how busy it is in the restaurants compared to what it is on the water and at barbecues and grills and stuff like that. And there's all sorts of different factors. People come in on Friday night, they're out on the water Saturday, they get all beaten up. The water was so nice, they haven't been out for a while. So people go out, beautiful weather, sun shining. And they forget, you know, you get a couple beers or something and you get home and you're wiped out. You don't feel like going out. So we had, we had a pretty much regular weekend so far. Now, tonight could be busy. Who knows? But why forecast that? We're going to forecast the ride, though, for you. From Homestead to Key West, I'll give you some of the things you might experience and what I thought on my first ride down there. A lot of times when you're going someplace, you're just looking at it. When you're looking at it first time, everything's exciting and new. Just like that song from The Love Boat. Speaking of The Love Boat, send my condolences out to the family of Gavin McLeod. Is it Gavin McLeod? The guy that was the captain of The Love Boat. He was on, I think he was on Hogan's Heroes. He was in Kelly's Heroes, maybe. May have been on Mikhail's Navy too. I may be like splitting them up and stuff. He definitely was on the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Love Boat. He may have done a couple other things too. What made me say that was probably it was the um, obviously it it was exciting and new. So speaking of exciting and new, I'm watching the news. The uh, was it yesterday or the day before? Didn't really matter. The funny reaction between the news anchor. It was one of those morning shows on a national network. And they were reviewing a story that the Defense Department and the United States Navy had about contacts with UFOs. Or what do they call them? UABs now and stuff. Whatever the new initial is and stuff like that. And they're acknowledging it. And they don't know if it's an adversary or who has advanced technology, which if they did, they might as well just, you know, instead of screwing around, just do that. Or maybe some somebody testing that or some government agency, U.S. agency. Or, you know, the other thing, major thing is that they're real visitors from another planet or as this next story, though, next story, what I'm saying is they were talking about it on this national news network. And the two anchors are sitting there talking. And then the the weather, they're saying, okay, we're going to go into the national weather. And the national, national weather person, they go, what do you think of this story? And the person said, well, maybe they're from the future. Maybe they're from the future. Now, it's pretty crazy, the aliens thing. But once you start acknowledging aliens, I guess it's not really crazy going and saying the future. 
she didn't go any further depth. I would have would like would have been fascinated by that. But the network anchor goes, "Oh, okay. Thanks a lot for your opinion." He was kind of shocked by it. But then again, if that was a physicist that said that, if that was like Stephen Hawkins, who's who passed away like three years ago, I guess, or the Japanese American guy, or Neil deGrasse Tyson. They probably would have said, oh, yeah, that's a possibility because they said it. But because of the, the weather woman said it, you know, the guy anchor goes, yeah, thanks a lot. That's a crazy idea. Well, you know, and just until a couple months ago, before they started doing it, was acknowledging that there was a possibility that there was another space a vehicle in our, you know, atmosphere from another planet would have been unheard of. Now, they're speculating at the highest levels of government openly. I guess they were afraid that was going to leak out. But it's still interesting how people, you know, would ask opinions outside people's expertise. Tracy Morgan is doing that for Sky. Uh, I think it's called Rocket Mortgages or something like that. When he says, oh, pretty, I'm pretty sure this is the bicuspid. When he, he reaches in with a tooth instructor. Um, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like a doctor inviting someone in after they had the story. I mean, obviously the news anchor is no expert on UABs or UFOs. So a news anchor asking a meteorologist their opinion. It's like a doctor acting, asking the nurse's opinion about the electrical system in the hospital. Neither of them are really experts at it. They could have done some things on the side where they became experts, but it's unusual, not in, in, inside their job description that they know about the electrical system in the hospital or schematics or anything like that. They're really difficult to do. If I understand from... I was in college, the electrical circuitry or or circuitry technology classes and things like that were incredibly hard. So I'm not saying doctors couldn't understand it, but it's a different level of expertise than you have with human biology or medicine or surgery and things like that. But they do sometimes when you're on the news and all of a sudden they go, we'll go to this person, the meteorologist, and says, you know, if they were talking about, let's say, Holocaust remembrance, and you never go to another person you're not sure about. You don't ask the traffic girl or guy or the weatherman or woman their opinion on things like that unless you know their answer. Just think about it. You, you can just say, hey, listen, we're, they're having the so-and-so the uh, the Toledo, Ohio um, Council on uh, the Jewish Alliance is holding its Holocaust Remembrance thing. Steve, it looks like it's going to be some uh, very informative and uh, solemn event. And then Steve would go, yeah, if you th- believe it's real. That would be like a shocker, right? So you got to be really careful when you ask people stuff like that. I never, 
I mean, sometimes people ask other people's, when you're in a small group, opinion on things. I have one of my regulars who comes in. He's an erstwhile musician, meaning erstwhile. He's, he's been a musician his most of his life. Now he's kind of a retired musician, but he still gets up and plays. But he has some really interesting views. He believes there's a flat earth. He believes that the Freemasons control the world. Uh, he still talks about the Illuminati. He believes he believes a lot, some of the QAnon stuff. Not all the QAnon stuff. He doesn't believe in lizard people that run the planet. Because the flat earth thing kind of precludes it. That's the thing about where the flat earthers can't blend with the lizard people, people, their theories. Because the people that believe in the lizard aliens, the ones that they think control the government, uh, the, the flat earthers say, well, where would they come from? Because it's only, we only have this plane of existence. And when I say plane, I mean literally plane. The earth is flat and all this stuff and everything else is fake. So, some of these people that are half-assing it with their flat earthers things make references to other stars and planets, may forget about rockets and stuff like that. You know, every time they got to get, you know, they got to think in their head and say, every time they launch a rocket, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. They're just going up and then coming back down. There's nothing going, there's no outside this atmosphere. It only goes up, whatever they think it goes up, a couple hundred miles or what. But if you ask his opinion, there's some interesting opinions. I mean, he likes he loves NASCAR, but he thinks the checkered flag they use at the end. I think the checkered flags, the checkered flags at the end, the green flag, uh, whatever, green flags for go and uh, checkered flags at the end. I'm not, as you can tell, from all these years of you, you know, 447 episodes, that I'm not much of a NASCAR fan. Not that I haven't enjoyed watching it sometimes but he said the checker flag is a freemason symbol so but he still loves nascar and he only he likes his fords he doesn't like chevy he definitely doesn't like the toyota doesn't like the toyota and then i said to him i said to him one time you know you never know most of the car most of the toyota may have been made in the united states and most of the the ford could have been made in mexico and canada and he just goes, and someone just looked at me. He goes, "You just ruined his day." I didn't mean to ruin his day. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying, just saying. But I would like to ask his opinion sometimes when something comes up. What do you think of that? You know, he thinks that anybody. He told my one of my regulars that anybody that got one of the vaccines was going to be dead in three years. So whenever he postulates, I go like this and starts talking about the future. And I go like this, Jimmy, why are you telling any of this to uh, us two guys? Because according to you, we're going to be dead in three years. We both got the vaccine. So it's fun. It's not torture. It's just fun. But if you're on the national television, you're, when you're, we have advertisers and sponsors, you got to be really careful what you say. You know, you got to be, you can see corporate, a lot of corporate uh, leadership now when so many states are changing their voter access laws. That's what I like to call it. They'd like to call it 
to shape the argument, voter integrity. I call it voter access. So restricting voter access, access to people that are more likely not to vote for their agenda. So and that's where people come on voter repression. And a lot of these companies, they put dollar and cents together and they say, well, listen, most people have to use us. One in particular is an airline that has its hub in Atlanta. And or one of its hubs in Atlanta that it had or headquarters. And it's all, I imagine Coca-Cola's that's in Atlanta, too. So, you know, some some of these companies just sit it out and the other ones say, oh, it doesn't hurt us to go and do that. Like 7-Eleven can't really come out and say that. They can't go and, you know, stand for civil rights and stuff like that. You know why? They got to sit on the sides. They sit on the sides because they don't want to piss off anybody, any of the supporters. Because a lot of 7-Eleven is like a lower uh, economic strata. You know, it's very important to some lower middle class. If you think about them, the 7-Eleven, you get your cigarettes, you get your Slurpees, you get your chew, you get your tobacco sometimes, you get some of your food, you get your lunch there. So that cuts across both sides. Of course, some, you know, sometimes, I guess they, that's where they share, they meet. You know, if you think about all that stuff. But that's the way of the world. That's the way it's going to happen. People are going to be using politics. When I say politics, I'm not talking about politics, Democrat and Republican politics. I'm just saying they're making a decision on how things will work out for them if they make a public utterance or try try to take a stand so we'll see in the long run with that with those things how they work with those corporate people doing that but they do affect news shows and stuff like that you got to watch what they say now it's not as controversial saying you know the weather person saying that those sightings of ufos could be from the future they didn't go any deeper and say well this could be us coming back into the past to give us warnings or keep an eye on it and try to change things, interfere with things. So, you know, just being there stops something from happening. It's funny because, you know, if that person, you know, was actually onto something, the weather woman, it could be like people, the future people are looking and saying, this person got the news. We got to get rid of them or we got to take them or do something. If they were malevolent, they're going to be dead. Or crazy or replaced by a pod person. Well, that's just the way it is. Sorry, we're bringing the pod in. We're going to replace you, Becky. You know? So, I'm moving on right now. And I was thinking about the trip. It's a holiday weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. And it seems like no matter what, day, year in, year out, decade in, decade out, millennium in, millennium out, at least these last two, the end and the beginning of the second and the third that for some reason everyone comes down on holiday weekends now I understand when you get groups of people because you got that coinciding holiday you got people say well I can get out early I can get out on Friday so we make it Friday Saturday Sunday and you know you get a lot of local people come down and people that need to travel and stuff like that and so we'll get together we'll have a party at the house. You can stay here, get a room, blah, blah, blah. Do this. 
And that could happen in Keith. What I don't understand is added on to it is people that vacation, just two people or small family, and they decide to come down on the holiday weekend when they're obviously well off. You know, and they say, well, why are you coming down here now? You can go whenever you want. Why do you want to compete with all the crowds? The other one I don't understand is when people aren't well off and they come in because they can't get time off normally, but they got time off from Memorial Day. They can come down to this place that I love, and it's so freaking expensive during the holidays. The prices go up, and it's been more so since we've been busy since we reopened. Right? It's been We've been reopened for almost 13 months. And, you know, it's to a certain level. But it's been pretty, you know, pretty decent business since then. We've been going pretty much tilt. I wouldn't say full tilt, but we're going a tilt, not full tilt. You know, you could come down the week before, you come down the week after. Why you all come down at the one time? Which is good for us, but we don't really see a big difference. Like next week, we probably have a bigger crowd. Or the week after that. Or the ones where they go after the poor little lobsters and the stone crab. Not that they're not replaced. You know, there's always going to be lobsters back as long as the water's not too acidified. But when they do come down, there's people that come down separate ways. There's people that fly directly into Key West. And they're just saying, I'm going to Key West. That's all I'm doing. I'm flying to Key West and spending. I want to get myself this time of year, this year. You're going to get yourself a 600 to $500 to $600 hotel a night for a cheap one. The cheapest, you might get 200 300 But you would never pay 200 300 in any other place. $300, Key Largo, right now, one of the middle-grade hotels... Right? Not top grade hotels, middle grade hotels. They're doing $300 a night. $300 a night used to be a really nice room. Not too long ago. And people are paying it. Again, I'm starting to see people pushing back because they're asking, is there any inexpensive places to take the keys? Why are you still... I mean, obviously, if you've, you're, you're trying to save money, the keys is not the place for you. It is not. I'm sorry to say that. It may piss people off to listen to it. There's When they say affordable, it's affordable for certain people. Someone asked if they get an affordable room. And every room, every place that we're talking about, it was two and $300. There was a couple uh, hostels. I guess they're hostels where they have, where you share a room and a, and a bathroom with a group of people, which is... You know, definitely when you lose when you lose that thing where you don't have a locked room between you and another person, you lose a lot of personal space and security of your personal items. So yeah, you're paying seventy five bucks. You know, they were saying it's forty five bucks a night. Now now they're saying it's maybe seventy five bucks a night just for like a a cot someplace or a bunk bed. Used to be a place on Deval Street called the Heartbreak Hotel, and now it was kind of like that. We hostel, but I mean, it's great. You're traveling. You want, you know, you got 
you get you know you got a way to lock up your stuff. You're gonna rat hole your key up your anus for your car, your rental car. I mean, that's when you're down there. I mean, obviously, if you have a car when you're down there, if you're staying at a used hostel, a lot of times people are usually walking and hoofing it, hiking. So, but for those of you that don't fly into Key West and that are coming down and aren't afraid of the prices, and I think it's going to kick back. It's, there's no hiding. There's no hiding on on the prices thing. People say, "Why would you harp on that?" And they say, "Well, why will you not mention it? Because it's the first thing that someone sees. I don't care if you're trying to be one of those people. If you're, you know, you're trying to shame someone and say, "Oh, you worried about the price? Are you worried about the price? Can you not afford it?" Where certain people, you're insulting them when you say that. Can you not afford it? Reasonable person said, no, I can't. You know, right now with my budgetary uh, constraints, I cannot afford it. I would not go down there for that. And I don't know. I don't need to do that. Because some of the places I would stay, there normally there would be like 120 a night, 130 a night. Now they're 300. I don't want to reallocate. You know, I don't want to transfer you know, budgetary resources from Key Largo down there. If I'm going to spend that, I'm going to spend it in my community. Yes, the Keys are my community, but right now Key Largo is. And uh, no, I, I'm perfectly fine with not spending three to $400 a night for a okay room. Pretty much okay. That's what you're going to get for $300. To get a good room, it's going to be $500, $600. To get a nice room, it's over a thousand bucks. I know, Jesus Christ! The tourism development council is going to kick me off, but things are going to come down. You just can't sustain it. Depends if that's the kind of people we're going to always going to be serving down here, right? And we're seeing it more and more that the people that are coming down here, especially the ones from uh, some of the people from South Florida, they're just not ready to spend the amount of money that. They charge down here. And and it's not restaurants because rent, restaurants can't cyclically just say, well, tonight the Flaming Yon's $25.95. Tomorrow night it's going to be $32.95. But you could do that with a hotel room. So that room, you know, you could do it in crazy stuff. Like a week before, the hotel room could be $225. And this week it's $700. The room isn't any nicer. There's just as many stains on, stains on the comforter. That's the way it is. Enough bitching. Enough bitching. If you're driving down the Keys, it would behoove you to drive with someone else who also drives. Right? And I'm not saying if you have a Tesla or one of those self-driving technologies because, you know, you you really got to be frosty on these roads. Because some of them, they're two-lane roads and you're passing someone, you know, with a relative velocity of 120 miles an hour. So you don't want to go into a head-on collision on these narrow roads. That, you know, it's just a sure way to change your day or change your life. Or your existence, your very existence disappearing. So you start up in Florida City. What you do is when you come in, and let's say you're driving all the way down. But I'll start out near the airport. Okay, you're pretty much going to drive down the interstate and stuff like that. And you're driving through and you say, oh, I really don't see much of the ocean. You see a little, you feel a little of the ocean when you're up in Jacksonville if you're driving up that way. Or you flew over it 
or things like that. You're not going to see anything. You see some of the canals when you're driving down. You see, oh, are there alligators in there? You'll see some of these, yeah, the, the, uh, these drainage canals coming off these ponds down here. And you'll see that all along uh, the turnpike as you head south. And then right before the end, you'll see a sign and the four-lane road becomes a two-lane road and the southbound lane turns around and starts turning south. And it puts you on Route 1 for about a half mile until you get to the overseas highway. And there you get into a place called Florida City and Homestead. That's not a place you really want to stop too far into. There's a Cracker Barrel there. There's a Texas Roadhouse, Golden Corral, Arthur Treacher's, McDonald's, Burger King, maybe an Applebee's or something like that. But that's pretty much it. But if you go in, it's 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 um it's an actively poor community, you know. You got really low end motels in there. On the strip there, you got some decent ones, an alternative where you can probably get a hundred dollars a night, or maybe a hundred fifty dollars a night when you don't have to, you know, you don't get that automatic thing where it's almost twice as much when you get into the keys for the same room. But this is all along Route One. I'm talking. You go a little far off. They got some of the hotels that you know people use for short-term rentals. You live there. People that have questionable residencies and stuff like that. So you'll get on there and you're going to head south, and it's your last shot for gas on the stretch for about 20, 22 miles. So most people give themselves more than a gallon or two stretch and stuff like that. You don't want to run out on a stretch. But it's not like going into one of those deserts for like 200 miles. You're never going to see a gas station. No, it's 22 miles, and then you're going to see a gas station. There'll be one on the right and one on the left. But you start driving south, and then you start going into the scrublands of the overseas highway right there. The stretch, they call it. And on the stretch, it's kind of scrublands. At different places, you'll see some water... It's marsh marshland, uh, not a not uh, mangroves exactly, but some, most of the places above water. A mo, a, this is the place where you ever hear fires along the stretch and stuff like that. It's uh, wildfires that break out in these areas, and there's not much to see until you get. You'll drive down. It uh, starts at 126, so you'll get down to 109, and then there's a bridge. And that's Jewfish Creek. And you can turn off and go to a resort that's right on this. This is technically Cross Key, not Key Largo, but it'll call itself Key Largo. And that's where Gilbert's Resort is. And they got a huge tiki bar there, and it's fun. It's right on Jewfish Creek that opens uh, on the bay side. It opens a Blackwater uh, Sound. And that goes into Florida Bay, which leads into the Gulf of Mexico. But it's all pretty one access there. And you'll see some boats there and stuff. And you'll see a little uh, on this place on the other side of Jewfish Creek. You'll see a little, uh, I think it's called Lake Surprise. And then you see these little house, tiny houseboats, house huts. And there are... One's look like a pirate ship. The other looks like a cabin and stuff like that. And someone rents them. They just hook them up. And they 
have little porta potties on them and little I can't say have kind of power on it and stuff like that and you can sleep in these places. I don't think there's any electricity, so there's no AC or anything like that. And they give you a little boat to get you out there to it. I don't hear much about it. I've never seen anybody stay on one yet. But once I do, maybe maybe I'll get I'll get them to uh, count me one, and I'll spend a night there when the girls are away, just sleeping on the boat at night. But I'd have to do it with my dogs. I don't know if I want to, because then you have to, in order to walk, or I'd have to get in the boat, go a couple hundred yards in the boat, get off there, and yeah, scratch that idea. I may go and visit it for like six hours. That's the longest I can do it. But here we are, driving down a stretch. And what happens a lot of times when people come in, Jewfish Creek Bridge is the entrance, the gateway to the Florida Keys. And you come up there and you get to see almost out to the Atlantic Ocean on the left side and on the right side you look into Blackwater Sound and then Florida Bay and the Gulf of Mexico. But then people get there and they just stop. Even though it's one lane north and one lane south, they stop. And that's not a place to stop because you may have a dump truck behind you and stuff like that and they do not like it. You piss someone off really quick. But people just, they do that on their own. They slow down and say, take, slow down and take a picture. I don't care. I don't give a fuck, honey. I don't care. I don't care about who's behind me. Oh, he looks big and angry. You know who's angry? I'm angry unless you stop so I can take a picture. And there have been people that stopped and tried to pull over and take a picture from there because it's all about them. There's all the, the fucking YouTube thing experience. So we go on through there. And that'll be pretty much it until you get to the next. Once you're pulling the Key Largo, you're just going to see a four-lane road, two-lane south, two-lane north. You'll see uh, shops and businesses and churches, a couple houses, condos alongside the road. You'll see some, at certain places, you'll see a little bit of the bay until you get down to Tavernier Creek. So you're just driving down. You're just be driving down the keys, and you'll see businesses. You might as well be just be on Route One in Florida City, a little nicer, let's say. But you'll drive through there, and then eventually there'll be a median with trees in it. You won't see the other side, and you'll just be going south. You got to be careful when you're going south or north, where there's near the split up at mile marker ninety nine point five. Because what happens? is people are so used to a two-lane road further south and they don't see the other highway. They think when they pull onto it at night and they're heading, you know, they may think they want to go north and they think they're heading into a two-lane road and it is a two-lane road south. It's not one lane north, one lane south. So they'll turn and you'll have every so often you'll have a, a person heading into you from the opposite direction. So you got to be careful there. And you'll drive down there and no more, I mean, there's nuances to driving in your neighborhood too, so don't don't give a shit for that. So you'll drive down there. You won't see much. You'll see palm trees and stuff like that. There's nothing real exciting you'll see there, even though you're going to be very, the whole entire time, you're never going to be more than a couple hundred yards from the water. You won't see it from Overseas Highway until you get down to Tavernier Creek. In Tavernier Creek, there's a little, you'll see, and then finally you'll see the first opening to the Atlantic Ocean right there. It'll just be beautiful blue, and you'll just say, oh, honey, stop. Well, it's just a short bridge. It's only a couple hundred feet wide. 
and uh, and that's where is Tavernier Creek where we have? no Tavernier Creek you'll see some boats and stuff like that and you'll see some maybe uh, boats anchored up and then you'll drive down through Tavernier and I'm riding you won't see it again until you get to another bridge and that bridge in Amarada is a drawbridge. And that's beautiful. And you sandbar off in the, on the Atlantic side. A couple bar on the bay side. There's what's a, what's a couple things over there. I can't even forget what there is. There's a Coast Guard on the right side. There's a uh, bay side. There's a Coast Guard station. But it's just beautiful. And you just right there. And that's the, that's the sites where people take their eyes off the road again. When you drive down there and then you'll see a lot of shops and stores and you'll start seeing places like let me see on the right side eventually you'll see the giant metal lobster that's around mile marker 84 and that's the rain barrel so have that local artists they do paintings and uh, some of them may be working there at the time and they have the glass you know, like glass studio where guys blowing glass in there uh, and shops and food. And you pull in there and get your picture with the giant metal lobster. Across from there would be my daughter's school. And then you get, that's when you go a little further south, that's the drawbridge. That's the one thing that holds up everyone in the upper keys. Because on the top of the hour, if there's a uh, sailboat or boat waiting that needs it, bridge open that's when it opens and the traffic backs up if it backs up during a busy time like now it oh you're pretty much done anyway when you're heading south on Memorial Day weekend because when that in Tavernier when I go back the road turns from a four lane road to a two lane road one north one south with the old highway running along the side and that's when it starts slowing down and then whenever the bridge comes, totally stop. But it's going to be slow all the way down. If you're traveling today, you're not going to be traveling more than 10 miles per hour. And you can look all around because people are freaking out. And you got to be careful about people driving up the meeting strip. But you keep on going. And then you get down to Leighton. And there's a, you'll see some, you'll see the ocean. You'll start seeing the ocean when you're not, you know, lower Matacoon Bay and things like that. And then you go to Marathon, which is a pretty decent sized city for the Keys thing. You won't see anything until you get on the south side of Marathon. On the south side of Marathon, you're going to see uh, the bridge, the old bridge, the old Flagler Bridge. And one on the left side, one on the right side, the old railroad bridge. And then you see beautiful turquoise Atlantic and Caribbean. And now for the next. God, it seems like 20 miles is just things to look at. And that's when you want to definitely change your drivers and stuff like that. Because you'll just want to look around. The first time you'll see it's incredible. And that's the place that, you know, I'm surprised people aren't dying every day. And they'll drive down. There's all these bridges. There's a seven-mile stretch where, you know, that's the bridge seven miles long. You know, when you ask someone how long the seven-mile bridge is, you know, don't don't ask. Just assume it's seven miles. So you drive down there, and then you get down there. You'll you'll pass some really nice restaurants and a whole bunch of things to go and do while you're down there. And remember, most of the rest stops, gas station stuff, have bathrooms. 
pretty okay. So you don't have to really kill yourself. But I would, you know, before you get, if you need to go frequently, don't do it before you get on the seven, do it before you get on the seven mile bridge. And then you're going to drive down there. And then you eventually, if you're driving at night, you're going to have to slow down a bit. Because you're getting a deer key. Okay, deer key, that's where the key deer are and stuff like that. And they got to be careful. They want the cars to go slow around. I got to think you have to slow down to 35 miles an hour at night. And you drive there and you won't see much. You may get lucky and see a deer, but you don't want to really see a deer when you're driving down Route 1. That's not just the thing you want to see because other people get all excited about it too. You don't need two people excited driving at each other at 70 miles an hour. So you'll drive down there and then right then, probably when you get down to there, that's pretty much the last time you're going to see much of the ocean and stuff like that until you get into Key West. There's only about 20 miles of views on that road, but that's pretty intense. Maybe more. Maybe there's 25, 26. There's a couple of places in Almorada when you're driving, you're high up going over one of these bridges and you just look and you just see these houses along long, narrow strip. And there's houses along the bay side and houses along the Atlantic side. And that's pretty much it. One row of houses. Not a row of homes, no properties. But the whole time you're driving, you don't have to really be fixated. You're not going to see much different until you get into those areas like South of Marathon, South South Almorada. Uh on the bridge, like that's you've really got to be careful going over uh, Jewfish Creek Bridge. But what you'll be surprised is is how much it slows down. You're on a highway and you think, wow, it's hundred and eight miles, hundred and nine miles from the beginning of Key Largo on the other side of Jewfish Creek all the way down. And you think, well I could do that in two hours. Yeah, but will the person in front of you allow you to do it? And you got to be careful when you're driving. They're just just a dangerous road. So many people die on this highway compared to the amount of drivers on it. So you have to be careful. And uh, along the way, there's, I think Woody's is still open. That's an adult strip club in Key Largo. They have the Lover's Boutique. That's a mile marker, 102 and a half. That's where everyone gets their Halloween costumes. <laughs> That's the busiest time. Halloween costumes or when you need new dildos. I mean, I can't believe they still sell DVDs. Who has a DVD anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Who watches it on TV? Uh, so that's pretty much it for the live show. And it's Sunday, I know. Hey, let's watch a podcast today. That's what everyone's doing right now. Oh, that's your podcast. Barbecue. No, no barbecue. Okay. Well, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. If you like us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have any questions, send your questions to Jim at keysbartender.com. Thank you very much and have a great day. Let's get the music back on for you guys.